The New York Knicks are an atrocity. I would trade in my Oscar for the Knicks to get a ring. Oh, come wow. on. This is Southern Hicks talking New York Knicks, and we are back. My name is KJ, and with me, as always, is Bronson. Serenity now, baby! <laughs> it's been a long time since we've been back. Like, I I mean, we probably shouldn't go into our personal business like this, but we have both done prison bids in the last, like, two years. So, if that's what you're... If you're if you're wondering where we've been, the FCC really clamped down on us. Yeah, there was some other stuff too. We don't want to get into it because we don't want you to think <laughs> anything bad about us. But do you, you know the scene from uh, Ocean's Eleven where uh, Clooney and is going to pick up Brad Pitt from the from the jail? That's kind of what happened earlier today. We didn't even go home and see our kids, our families, nothing. We are here to podcast and talk about this wonderful New York Knicks basketball team. So honestly, though, you you want to know what the funny part is? What's that? It took it took one preseason game to against the worst team in the NBA for us to finally do another like get excited enough to do another episode after like two and a half years. <laughs> that is that's some sad shit. <laughs> Yeah, that and that that's horrible sounding. We're, that that's commitment right there, you know. <laughs> hey, everyone knows how we feel, and we feel the same way they do. Yeah, that, that that's so. that's always been our uh, our shtick. We're, we're, we're All it took just... was our point guard to hit more than one three pointer in a game, and it's holy shit! Watch out! Yeah, we're going all in. Going all in, and uh, yeah, so. If this is your first time listening to this shit, <laughs> we are a couple of diehard Knicks fans still stationed deep in the heart of Georgia. Bronson's in Augusta. I'm in Atlanta. You know. AJ. Yep. So we so we're definitely we got a lot of connections in New York City, so we, we're gonna have a lot of inside scoops. <laughs> like, <laughs> so if you're <laughs> All right, all right. So we have we have a lot of people uh, walking around the garden, just looking Some around. People in New York know we, know who we're talking about. We we don't know the people that are in the front office, but we do know the people that clean the garbage can, like like replace the the can liners in the front offices, and that's how we get, we find out some stuff. You know, I was just gonna say all the homeless people walking around. Madison Square, right? Oh, we, we each have our specialty, <laughs> all right? <laughs> we each have our contacts. <laughs> all right, so I was looking at it. The last time we did it, it was a season preview, and Tim Hardaway and Emmanuel Moutier was our starting oh. backcourt. So that's how long it's been. God. We were talking. We were, we were about to go into a season with no Porzingis <laughs> because he was injured, and we had Tim Hardaway and Moutier. Frank was a rookie. Uh, I mean, shit. <laughs> like it's been. That's how long it's been, man. Like we, we've missed like entire like eras of Knicks that have been terrible. It was a shithole. It was bad. Just, it was just bad. Just gonna try to forget about it. Okay, prison makes more sense, you know. 
though. <laughs> all right. It's kind of been a prison. <laughs> but, all right. So, we watched some preseason games. We were pretty excited about the team, apparently. Enough to get off our asses and record shit in the middle of the night. So, that's the that's our breakdown. Um, so, let's see. What what have we missed? Uh, you know, there's a draft. There's some free agency. You know, we got some lineup stuff. Uh, we got new coaches. We've had three new coaches since we last were on. Um, what do you think about Fizdale? He's glad he's gone. <laughs> he, he he stunk. But uh, all I all I know is if whoever is listening to this, <laughs> we don't need to explain anything to them. They are so diehard Knicks. Yeah, they're they're just they're just yeah they eat, sleep, breathe Knicks. So yeah, if you're listening salute, and we'll get we'll get through this crap together. But we do have a bright side moving forward. Yeah, let let's in a forward. Yeah, Ob Toppin. Oh, that's yeah, I'm gonna lead off with Ob. Okay, I just letting it go where it goes, baby. All right, you were you were super high on Ob Toppin coming to the Knicks. I remember you telling me about it and. Uh, I I didn't have I I was it, I came into this draft not really I I didn't have a favorite I I think Halliburton was probably my number one guy maybe but it wasn't like I was like I, that's mostly because we need a point guard you know oh one hundred percent but I was cool with getting topping especially at the eight I got a little nervous during the draft and leading up to the draft when they were. Saying they were gonna trade a bunch of shit to get a higher draft pick to get Toppin, I didn't. I wasn't really cool with that. <laughs> I would think that was like, I was like, that sounds like a Knicks move. But oh, all the rumors that have been going on in the preseason is all like, you're just holding your breath every time your phone makes an alert. Oh, thinking, well, there goes the franchise. We just gave away everything for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, it would have been but, fun. I mean, that would have been some fun games to watch, I guess. Like, we haven't had a player like that in New York that was that interesting to watch maybe since Mello or Porzingis, I guess. You know, but... If we can talk ourselves into four years of Joakim Noah on $100 million, <laughs> Nick fan, if that's that is one thing Nick fans have learned to do. They cope. They just, they go with it. And as it plunges... It just makes you a just such a negative basketball fan. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Like like watching the games have been depressing the last couple of years. The only I like this is more of like a big picture thing. Like you know, Fizdale he's gone. You know, uh, Mark Miller I think that was the the coach that came up from the G League. You know he he was fine, but that roster construction last year was one of the ugliest brand like they put together one of the ugliest brands of basketball i've ever seen for a whole season and i think that i mean coronavirus did a lot of bad things but one good thing that it did do it ended that fucking season <laughs> i didn't have to watch any more of those games i did not think about it like that you know that like true. like the, there are very it's few benefits to, to that <laughs> To that, to a horrible pandemic that's killing hundreds of thousands of people, it ended a season. I, I don't have to watch this. I can, you know, take up knitting or something. But, but uh, 
even with the, the roster construction, and it, and it led into this year with even with a brand new like they got rid of Steve Mills. Steve Mills isn't on the team, isn't part of the team anymore. What the fuck? Thank God, man. But I don't even know what he did. <laughs> but just but look cool as we were getting blown out by forty every game. He did look cool. He had a lot of style, but. But the one thing that they that all of them have done in the last like couple years is we haven't been saddled with any Joe Kim Noah type contracts. So we've had we haven't done a whole lot, but we've had flexibility. We haven't given up draft picks. We've got flexibility with the salary cap. We even have 18 million right now in you know like cap space to absorb any pissed off superstar that wants to come to the Knicks. You know, so we're in a they we. For the first time in decades, we we can kind of do what we want to do, and that's uh, and we've been really cautious. Like every headline that kind of you know did a review of this season, this off season for the Knicks was like it was a successful off season because we didn't do anything stupid. We didn't do anything amazing. Right. Like none of like no major free agent came here, which there really wasn't too much out there to you know to get excited about but we didn't overpay for gordon hayward you know i think charlotte will be kicking themselves in three years from now when they you know they're paying 30 something million dollars to gordon hayward maybe not he's a shooter you know when when do you think regret set in for michael jordan at what moment oh he's he's think that regret set in I think he's. I think he's still. He think he's going strong, man. They're they're boosting him up. He's okay. Um, he's hurt though. He was. <laughs> he's already hurt. He's already needs needs to be out for like four weeks. Oh, is he? I didn't even see that. Damn. He broke a finger. That the first preseason game. I've been so locked in on the Knicks. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. I didn't. I didn't. As soon as I saw. Charlotte Hornets signed Gordon Hayward for four years, $120 million. I didn't give a shit about Gordon Hayward anymore. Like, it was like, all right, well, you're, that's not a factor anymore. No, but, I, I get it. It's like, hard enough to keep up with one shit-fire team than to try to keep up with multiple. So, I get it. So, yeah, so, like, like nothing nothing really stupid. There was only really one free agent that I thought was, was going to be a, a possible game-changer for the Knicks. That we missed out on, and I think they were he was Grant Hilling us a little bit, maybe, where they were he you know playing using us as leverage against the Toronto Raptors, and that was uh, Fred Van Fleet, Van Vliet. I always say Van Fleet, but it's Van Vliet, I guess. Um, he would have been a good hard nosed defensive guy that could shoot, run the offense, a leader, that kind of thing. But it wasn't in the cards, and uh, we're you know. We, we, Knocked it out of the park with uh, Alfred Payton coming back for a million, for five million. So, <laughs> so, but you know what? We signed, and we're gonna probably get into a bunch of that stuff. But like, I, well, I assume that's kind of what we're here for. But the uh, Alfred Payton signing for one year, five million, not a big deal. Like he, he's gonna take minutes from young guys for a little while. But that's that's the problem. That's the and that's a big problem when you're just trying to grow young players. So it's, not, it's and, the only problem I got. Well, let's roll it on back to your original. So young player Obi Toppin, that was our number one draft pick. Pick got him at eight. He he fell like crazy, you know. Um, 
it was exciting, like watching his reaction with his with his parents and stuff. I didn't know his dad was like a street baller, like a legend in New York City. Like all this stuff was, I, I you know I was looking at point guards. So like Obi Toppin was always just kind of kind of in the like in the periphery for me, and you were all about him from the beginning. So yeah, there's there's still sour Nick fans over selecting Obi. But that's just that's the inevitable. That's just gonna happen with Nick fans. Oh man, we're all They're pissy. Always gonna we're bitter. Be- yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Oh, there's a risk but taken. I mean, he didn't. If he didn't win you over when he started bawling because he was getting drafted by his hometown team, or he was bawling because he was like, "Holy shit, I'm going to the Knicks." I think, man. I, I think that, I think that was happiness, man. That was happiness. Oh yeah. He was. He was pumped. Oh yeah. He's a perfect fit. I mean, he's he's from from New York, and he understands what it means to make a to have a good Knicks team. I'm sure his family has embedded that idea into his mind. Like, like he, he understands what what what's at stake here. Like he, all of it. You know, like this is a pr- matter of pride. This is all that kind of stuff. Like I. I I got excited about it, like, and that, that's when I, I started looking at the comparison. Same thing, anytime, like, anytime that uh, the Knicks make a draft pick and it's not my number one guy, I always end up going to the, you know, the YouTube videos and looking at the breakdowns and everything like that. And he's got a pretty sweet highlight package, so it didn't take very long for me to go, yeah, fuck it, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna be excited watching this. Like, I want to see what he can do, and so. It doesn't take long to talk myself into him, and he there's limitations to him, but I think like watching and I you know watching him in the first couple preseason games, one of the biggest issues that people bring up about him is his defense, stiff hips or whatever can't move. He moved fine, like he he's not like a he's not going to be Matumbo ever, but he's not the complete stiff on defense that the you know that the the pundits were talking about. I mean, I might say, have another thought, like, you know, a couple weeks down the road when the grind sets in, but at least in the preseason, he, the effort was there, and that's half the battle with some of these guys, you know? Like, I, I didn't... Oh, 100%. And I was surprised at his, I guess, fluidity with the ball, you know, on offense. Like, he, he made some pretty pretty good passes throughout preseason. His dunks were fun. Like, he, he's got a... There's something a little bit different than like like you when you watch Kevin Knox play, especially his fresh uh, rookie season, about understanding where to be on the court. It seemed like Obi is able to get the you know move without the ball a little bit better. So, right. like he 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 can you know like a lot of his his scoring plays were were you know lobs and stuff like that, but he's cutting back door. On a lot of those, like in in the at the right moment, and if you got somebody that ha, you know that's looking for a player that's going to do that, Obi's going to is going is gonna to feast on the baseline. He he really likes that baseline. And that, that was something I was looking at. Even when he got the ball and was taking, he took whatever G leaguer from Cleveland he was playing against and <laughs> <laughs> and made a move and and scored on a layup. You know, like he he's. There are things there. He he's not I don't think he's ready to take over all the reins yet, but he there he's going to be good. 
I think he's going to at least be a serviceable player, and it's not going to be very long before he is that. And, and he's 22, so he's for a rookie, that's that's Methuselah, you know? Like, Oh, dude. I mean, we've seen more positives in four preseason games than we have in the last two, two, two and a half seasons with this group. So, yeah, yeah. man, I'm high on Obi. Like, and he, like you were saying, he knows where to be. Just, he's got a super high IQ of the sport of basketball, and he's crazy athletic. So, you put those together and then throw a little, maybe an outside jumper in there. He's gonna be he's gonna be all right. Yeah, I and I. One of the biggest factors of the just the whole I guess whatever this is going on with the Knicks right now the the build we're doing the rebuild I I don't it's you can't even rebuild because there's nothing to build from like so is another guy that I wasn't super excited about getting with but uh, Tom Thibodeau man like. I'm kind of, a real I'm, coach. He's a, a real coach he's for a, young players. We have a a real coach for any NBA player. Like he's he's a guy that's yeah. had success at all levels. Like he was an assistant under Van Gundy for the Knicks, and that's the last time the Knicks had a had you know, like anything close to the glory days, you know. So like he he was under Van Gundy for seven years, and then like then you know like of course the Chicago Bulls runs, and he's had some kind of up mixed success with uh, Minnesota, but just there's a different feel with him on the sidelines. I mean, we, we, most of our shows were when Hornacek was the coach and there was so many times when me and you would notice that it seemed like Hornacek was not, I don't know what he was thinking. (laughs) Like there was never like, there was never a coaching and an intensity and maybe that was good for Melo or at the time or whatever, but this the intensity that Thibodeau is bringing to the Knicks and what it seems like the accountability throughout the I mean or the Knicks up were like were up by like forty and somebody blew a defensive assignment and he called a timeout and just in and and talked to him I forgot who it was I think it was it might have been quickly which we hadn't even talked about him yet but that type of attention to the moment attention to detail all coaches preach that but there's like i think that Thib- thibodeau like walks the walk on that like and that dude speaking like on that like how he up by 40 call a timeout someone blew an assignment mm-hmm. did you see when he, <laughs> he was trying to say what the fuck <laughs> but so you could see his face because he had his mask on oh he pulled the he, mask down he stopped like he takes his mask off and says it again <laughs> You gotta emphasize. There's certain things you gotta emphasize. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yep. And maybe this is the honeymoon period, the honeymoon phase for us. But it, it, there's like, there's a theme that's gonna run through a lot of this. We have a real NBA coach right now, <laughs> a real one, not yeah. not a yeah, not first a first one, in first a while. one in a while. You know, like someone that wants to be here. That's not just a pay. He's not just taking a paycheck. There was a there was a long line of guys like maybe probably after Larry Brown, but they brought in like Lenny Wilkins, like it seems like it was Mr. like Mr. Potato Heads even back. Yeah, even even Woodson, 
our glory, like our most recent glory days, coach is an assistant on this team. I forgot about it. the whole staff, man. It's Woodson knows how to win in New York. It's obvious. I don't know how much of it was him, but he, can, you know, that record is there. You know, he knows how to win in New York. Kenny Payne is supposed to be this developmental guru from Kentucky that half the team knows already because they all played for Kentucky, and and but. We need that. We need a guy. Then we got Johnny Bryant, who, like Donovan Mitchell, and was the assistant for the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell has like heaped so much praise on him for getting him ready to be the superstar that he is. Like the Knicks are hiring the hiring the, the at least the coaching staff. There's a couple of members of the front office that have been pretty stupid. The Steve Stout guy or whatever, like that. I'm sure that still ducking and dodging. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, the the coaching staff seems like it's it's a real NBA coaching staff that and I'm not we've had good coaching staff. But Herb Williams was on the bench for 20 years. I don't know what the hell he was doing. And those are some bad teams, you know. Like th- there's none of that. I don't see any of that like nepotism. Like well, there's definitely a nepotism factor between the CAA and and. Kentucky, but I mean, as far as like bringing over people from the old regime, you know, like, and we have a young team, and I could see that the every team is going to come out early in the in the preseason, early in the season, a young team, they're going to be excited, there's going to be enthusiasm, there's going to be effort, but there seemed to be a little bit more with what the Knicks were doing. I'm not saying they're going to be good. But I'm saying the effort's gonna be there, and I don't think that I don't think Thibodeau's gonna let them like slack, you know, like because they because they can all be changed, they can all be replaced by the guy that's behind him, because he whoever is whoever is the back your backup on the Knicks right now is not that much worse than you, you know, <laughs> like oh yeah, you know they have depth, not great, they have even depth, they don't have like superstar depth, they've got depth where there's not that much difference. So like I'm I'm excited about this coaching staff. I don't know if you can tell. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm excited about the whole thing. And again, I, I don't want to. We can't stress enough. They're not gonna be good. Like I'm not. This ain't why I'm hyped. And and you like you have you have two kinds of Nick fans. You have the Nick fan that after the forty point bombing over the Cavs. Well, that that wasn't really the Cavs. Uh, it was Mooney and Windler and I don't know who the hell they had out there. Well, you, you had 50% of Nick fans. That's that's what. There's two kinds of them. Where after that game, holy shit, we're gonna we're gonna win it all this year. And that's not like I'm not going overboard there. There is really Nick fans that believe that. And then you got other some of Nick them fans. listening to this show right now. <laughs> Yeah, most of them. Bunch of assholes probably cussing us out right now. (laughs) Like the other side of Nick fans are just, they're excited because we finally, it's, you felt that the rebuild has finally began. (laughs) It really legitimately just started. Right? It really did. Well, if you take like, like, like look at our our, uh, draft picks from the last couple years. Kevin Knox, Frank Nielakina, we traded for Dennis Smith Jr., like Knox showed in the last, especially the last couple games, he looked like an NBA player. 
there's a lot of the times the last two years he has not looked like an NBA player. Like he just looks like a guy that has potential, but he doesn't. You can't put him on the floor. You know, like I, I think that's where the I think that's where the past seventeen coaches failed failed these guys. Yeah, I is don't. playing time. Just let them. We weren't going to be good the last three years, so. Well, Throw him to the wolves. I think that I think with Thibodeau that has enough like like built up career cachet that he can he can he, he can they're going to give him a longer leash than I think that they would have gave Fisdale or even especially uh, Miller and even Hornacek and I'm, and who else is before I can't remember just you know what I mean like like there's. The, he he's built up a reputation. He can make he can take some chances. He doesn't have to play every veteran. You know he doesn't have to start four power forwards because they're the four most highly paid players on the team. You know like I, I'm gonna ask you a question then. All right, all right. With, with Tom Thibodeau, where do you see us in a year after this season? Well, that's kind of jumping here. I don't know. Um. No, I'm just saying. I think that we will we will have a overall culture for the New York Knicks. That's that that's probably like I think we're going to be a team that runs. I think we're going to be a team that competes on the defensive end, and it's 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 going to be it's 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 more nebulous than a like a solid thing because I think that we're going to have a pretty our record is not going to be great, but I think that you're going to every game. When you play played against the Knicks this year, I think you're gonna, especially some of the older teams that are, you know, like kind of trying to skate through New York every once in a while. You know, it's a second game of a back to back, and they're resting some players. They're gonna know they've played in a game, and I think that's gonna be a resounding feeling throughout the league that the Knicks, the Knicks are a team that you can't just sleep on. You know, like, and I think that if we can get to that point. And through uh, Thibodeau's leadership, I would be pretty happy with that. And that's competitive Knicks basketball, you know, highly like a highly functioning, competent team that plays defense and has created a culture where it seems like you're they're ascending to a chance to win. Where they're not like it feels like the last couple of years we have been um, doing a doggy dog pad. Yeah, well, doggy paddling in the middle of the fucking water, like. There's finally our players that we've drafted look there's like nowhere to go. Yeah, there's no all. yeah, there's nowhere to go. We can't sign anyone. There's no one. We don't really have anyone to trade. You know that that wouldn't completely cripple the franchise for the next ten years. So like it's it's been it's been it's been a pretty rough stretch. But now I think we do have a direction. All our young guys seem to be engaged. Um, we even like today all those uh or in that last couple of days when all the the contract extensions have come out like Markel Fultz uh, uh White from uh uh San Antonio, Antonio. Agdenabi from from Toronto all those guys are are good and they've showed promise our two that would be in that category with Frank and Dennis Smith they didn't get an extension and neither one of them deserved it <laughs> like, nope. Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of in, and it's not because they're they're like, oh, they're gonna go and try to 
you know, get a big contract somewhere else. They they are fighting for a position in the, in the NBA, and 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 not all of that is on them. That's the position they've been put in or whatever through the last couple of coaching staffs. This is their make or break year. But by the Knicks not dumping a bunch of money on Frank because you know he does have a strong, rabid fan base. I like to count myself amongst the Frank Nilakina fans, um, but. He doesn't deserve a contract right right now, you know. Like he has not. Proven Leon it. Leon put him in a prove it situation, and we might have to pay more money at the end of the year. But I hope that we have to pay more money at the end of the year. That means that, that means that it worked. You know, if right. yep. if not, then you know, let him walk. You know, he's been a great. It's been a good four years. It hasn't been a good four years, but it's been four years. <laughs> you know. And he's gonna go find out what he can do, he'll be, who he is with an, with another another team, and he he'll probably be really successful. Yeah, he I he needs do. shooting. He's a guy that needs some kind of shot maker around him. Yeah, I he's gonna and he's be not a, a point guard. Yeah, I don't think he is. I don't I, th- I don't know what he is. I think he can handle the ball, but he's not he is not a lead guard on a on an NBA team. <laughs> not. I think he could probably play off the ball, um, but with some, you know, playmaking capability. But yeah. Um, speaking of playmaking capability, are you ready to go 100% all in on Emmanuel quickly as the future point guard of the New York Knicks for the next ten years? The jersey is on the way. <laughs> is it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, hell no. But it's gave me more excitement for that position on our team and god dog man i i really don't in a decade you were a ray felton fan i was not i i i like ray felton i liked him the first time around second time around eh. <laughs> first time around i thought he was a perfect point guard for the knicks with stoudemire when Stoudemire was the MVP candidate, the Gallinari, like he was, a, he had his career year. He was averaging like seventeen and ten, you know, like. But and then he started eating a lot, and you know they traded him, and they got him back, and they traded him again. He kind of got the Tim Hardaway treatment. Um, but I would say like pure point guard. I mean, we've seen this is what we've seen. We've seen five quarters. Well, not even he didn't even play the fourth quarter in the last game. We've seen four quarters of Emmanuel quickly running the point guard position for the Knicks. It is the best four quarters of pure point guard play I've seen on the Knicks since since probably Ray Felton year one with the Knicks. Like, and this is like I know like you kind of bring back you know uh, Jason Kidd's year. Jason Kidd was playing off the ball a lot, and Felton was starting alongside him. Prigioni was good, but Prigioni was a hundred years old, you know. Like, and then he was nothing to get excited about. He no. was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, he he can make plays. Maybe he's, I can he's play. A, in the he's NBA. a that's all I. He's a smart player. That that's what the excitement was. He like he's a crafty, smart player. Holy shit! This guy knows when to do stuff. You know, Calderon was pretty good for I guess setting up a team, but he was a hundred years old. You know, yep. Another maybe six years prior to that. Six I years been prior to been amazing. But... He would have been great. Like yep. and then, so like the last guy that I remember thinking was a competent NBA NBA level point guard that is a game changer. 
It, this is, is probably Ray Felton with uh, Mari Stoudemire before they made the Mellow trade. Um, and that was, I mean, you can throw Derrick Rose in there, but I think Derrick Rose was so up and down for us that in his, and you can, there's lots of uh, uh, audio of me talking about his shitty defense and his lack of effort a bunch of times with the Knicks. Oh, and so you can, nuts. yeah, you can, you can, you can listen to all that. So I, I, so this is what I, this is what was the most, the craziest thing about quickly to me. We have Frank Nilakina. We got, uh, we got Dennis Smith Jr. We have Alfred Payton for the last two years, right? I, I can't think of another uh, major point guard in the last two years that we've, that's got a lot of time. Uh, Trey Burke, Kadeem Allen, Trey Burke. Langston Galloway. Galloway was all right, but he wasn't a he wasn't a point guard really. So just Ch- a shooter. Chasson Randall maybe, <laughs> but Ugh, okay. So geez. Ron Baker. <laughs> Ron fucking Baker. <laughs> okay, so you got all these guys right, and this is what we've been watching. Uh, what's his name? Oh Jesus, hundred year old Jarrett Jack. <laughs> just, just, just incredible dearth of current NBA competence and watching quickly for four four quarters of pure, you know, like telling, orchestrating an offense. He Like in the first game that he played and he first played, he, he shot three for 11. So it wasn't like he was like lights out from out, you know, shooting. He was just competent. He was probing the, probing the defense. He was finding the open man. He was... You know, getting steals, he's making defensive, making plays on defense. Like, he setting people up, finding the lob. We have a bunch of guys that can catch a lob. You know, like, it was just, like, it was so incredibly refreshing. I, I don't watch a lot of basketball outside of Knicks games. I see a lot of highlights, but I just don't have time, right? So I've been watching so much poor point guard play. And where, like, we get excited if fucking Frank makes a, makes a, makes a good pick and roll play with somebody you know like you know kicks it open man or or dennis smith you know doesn't miss a layup or something like like we get excited about that kind of shit emmanuel moutier sorry that was another one you know like all these guys right these just seeing this incredible inconsistent somewhat incompetent at an NBA level point guard play to see somebody that can actually handle the ball and make the right decisions and shoot <laughs> like that real modern NBA point guard for like, you know, it was, it's, it was incredible. I was like, what is this? And he's just making regular fucking plays. You know what I mean? He's not, he wasn't doing like, he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't Steph Curry. What did I text you? So you were going to start the, this is, the fourth game, the last game we played. Yeah. I text you. You were gonna you were gonna start the game about forty five minutes late, so you were about forty five minutes behind me. You're right. I shot you a text. We have found he's the best. We have found the best point guard we've had in the last decade after watching one quarter of play. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. It's unbelievable. I like I, not how good he is. It's how bad. They've been. Yeah, we we are the a good thing about Emmanuel quickly. I don't have to talk myself into excitement. Yeah, I am. We are. I'm excited just from the play. I didn't have to talk myself into it, and we'll see where it goes. 
But am I all in? No. No, not yet. No. I mean, we are starving dogs for anything. And we oh, got, yeah. we were thrown a bone at the end of the preseason. And this is, this is like I said, going up against Windler and Mooney and Bolden, whoever the fuck those guys are. Like the G League mm. Cavs. I mean, well, he went up against Sexton and Garland too, but like he, this is not, you know, it, sometimes you have to temper your expectations a little bit, but I, I didn't see Frank or Dennis Smith or even Alfred Payton doing the things that he was doing against those guys, right. the same guys. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know what to think on this. Like, I'm, I, I think there's a, that feeling as a Knicks fan, you don't want that rug to get pulled out from under you as soon as you get excited about something. You know, like, like we all loved Porzingis. He was the Porzingis god, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Fuck that guy. I, right. That's what I mean. Like, like, and then how could, like, how could someone who we, we raised up so high, like, kill us, like, that in that type of way, you know, like, since, like, we, 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 are constantly in PTSD mode for the Knicks. So I'm I'm incredibly excited about what he offers like in a level of competency. Like that's that's what I'm excited about. His ability to shoot is such a game changer. Dennis Smith like looking at the last 2 years, Peyton, Jesus Christ. Uh Dennis Smith Jr., Frank probably the worst trio of three-point shooting point guards are shooting just in period across the board like like seeing somebody that can hit a three-pointer and have it be a part of their arsenal not like something where you're like oh shit he hit a three not bad (laughs) how about you're not guarding them like it's the defense can just could look at our point guards like it's sean bradley at the top of the key you could just sit back or go double someone else yeah. Off ball. No, our point guard hasn't been guarded in three years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, there's a good chance they're going to blow the layup wide open. You know, so yeah, here it was. It was a weird, eerie feeling of like this is what it's like to watch a modern NBA team. Like they, they like excitement. It's just going to open it, up it, the capabilities of all the other well, players. You want to know what it did for me the most? Yes. It lowered my <laughs> blood pressure from watching goddamn Julius fucking Randall <laughs> bringing the ball up the court, doing a spin move, and either bricking a three or getting the ball stole. Yeah, we're like 40. That drives me insane. <laughs> four, insane. 40 minutes in, and that's the first time we mentioned Julius Randall. <laughs> that's kind of interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and I, it made him look better. If he could just stick to that, I'm good. Like, like we don't need to I'll, trade I've him. I've been with all the other crazy ass Nick fans. Trade him, trade him, whatever we can get. Trade him. Well, it, but it, he just needed, like you said, a competent point guard. Yeah. And well, you can't, you can't. Ex- he's he's been miscast. Like last year, like I said, they all of their most their real NBA players were all front court big men. You know, like. They didn't have anybody that could handle the ball. So Julius Randle, with the high, con- you know, the biggest contract, came in with the fanfare. I guess, you know, wanted to be LeBron James, and I, I don't blame him. He looked at that roster and was like, "Man, fuck this!" <laughs> like, like I'm gonna, just, I'm about to eat. I'm about to eat. You know, like, and 
But you've seen, you've seen, and I don't know if it's going to last, but in that fourth preseason game, Julius Randle was a very effective weapon. He had eight assists, but, you know, that's crazy. And you're not expecting eight assists out of Randle but every game. But he, he played within the offense. Every once in a while, you got to give him the ball, let him run up the court, you know, do that kind of thing just once in a while because he is an athlete, you know. He has a certain ego or whatever. you got to feed the ego. But if he plays the way that he did for a full, you know, 48 minutes or whatever, like that – I don't know what else you want out of that position, you know. Like, let me ask you: Can can Julius and Obi coexist on the floor at the same time? Uh, I don't think. I think it's a matchup thing. I don't. I don't know if they can against. They're both. They're both about what six eight six nine. Um. Yeah. So right in there. Yep. Yeah. So like, it, I think it's a matchup thing. I think they can against some teams, but. And and Thibodeau was definitely hinting that I mean they're gonna have to do that, like it or not. And this has been the a lot of the rallying cry around Julius Randle. He is at the moment the Knicks' best player, you know, most polished. Anyways, the most has the most success in the NBA. He's a legit NBA player. He's a third star, I guess you could say, on a good team, possibly. You know, like. He's a competent level. Well, well, it it really just depends. He's, on... He's the only starter that we have on the raw, like that would start on other NBA teams. Right, right. Maybe RJ Barrett. Yeah, another guy we haven't mentioned. It's forty minutes in, we haven't mentioned RJ. That it's crazy. That's that's how interesting this team is right now. But one more thing on Julius Randle. Okay. If you idiots. Keep saying, let's just go ahead and trade Randall for Lonzo Ball. Why? Why would the Pelicans do that? Why? Unless you're willing to attach like two first rounds, and I'm not. I mean, I would like Lonzo Ball, but like that's the the big rumor, and it's like the whole preseason. Let, let's let's trade him for for Lonzo Ball. Let's just do it. It's not happening. No, I it doesn't I, make any sense for for the Pelicans. Well, I, I just I'm, wanted to get that out. I agree. There's nothing. There's no reason to trade Julius Randle at this moment unless somebody comes in with a crazy offer, because he's at the lowest possible value that he could possibly be. So you're gonna get you're gonna get pennies on the dollar, and you know, like if if this Emmanuel quickly thing is real, and I'm hoping it is. You know, like, he is only going to look better. And if you get in a situation where a Julius Randle, who has, who is a talented player, he has the physical tools, he's well-liked in the locker room, all that good stuff, where he's having a successful, productive season, you have two choices. You're either, you're still going to trade him, because he is in the way of Obi Toppin, and that gives Obi Toppin some room to grow underneath him. And the other thing is, you might want to keep him. You know, like he could be the sixth man if that's something that's possible, like later on. So I don't, I think that it benefits the Knicks to run with Julius Randle and give him a system that he can work in where he does not have to be the focal point. And I think that that will improve his value, improve his, improve the team's success in general. And I think that we, we ran the, we ran everything through Julius last year. 
and since we haven't talked about RJ, this is the point where I go, this is the, and you can see it in the preseason, we, this is RJ, RJ Barrett's team now. Like, you run the team, you run the offense, you run the defense through him. He is the guy. Like, and he's looked, he's looked every bit like the third overall pick, you know, you, you know, arguable top prospect in the draft last year. Um, and if he's the focal point of your team, it changes the whole, it's part of the whole culture change that you got. And I think Julius Randle can play in within that system. If not, hopefully he has some success and you trade him. But I, I RJ was probably, other than the quickly revelation and the Kevin Knox, holy shit, he turned into Steve Kerr, a six foot ten Steve Kerr, you know, from the corner. <laughs> um, RJ Barrett consistently through four games looked like he had improved to the point of like his overall confidence. He looked like he was playing at Duke, and I think I think even Clyde said that. But so you know, I steal a lot of Clyde shit. Who doesn't? He knows what he's talking about, but. His level of confidence, and the number one thing that I saw was that free throw line, man. If he's a guy that can get to the line so consistently because he's so strong, he's so crafty with the ball, he seems he's a very intelligent, hardworking player. He gets to the line and hits it at like a near eighty percent clip. His scoring average is hitting twenty points, like by default. If he ever learns how to shoot a three-pointer, he's a 25 to 26 points a game guy. And then he can handle the ball, he can pass. RJ is about to explode. And I think that 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 is the guy I was the most impressed with over the entire preseason. And like I said, yeah, 40, I 45 minutes in finally talking about who I think is the most impressive player and the the idea of a quickly Barrett backcourt is unreal because you saw him with Peyton. Peyton is a he is what he is, but then you saw him with quickly. He's a backup, (laughs) but even his style of play, you can't have two guys in the backcourt that can't shoot. You know, and it's not just two guys. That's that's the thing. The whole damn team. (laughs) It's that's the whole team. So what a. A point guard that can make a three-pointer <laughs> has done done for this team in one game. It's it's un it's unbelievable, it and is. I hope it just I continues want, to build, man. Yeah. So name your starting five right now. I, I well, hold on. <laughs> You're not gonna like it because I think as good as quickly played. Right, I don't mm-hmm. start him game one. I bring him in slowly, just like Toppin. And as and I know that's gonna it's gonna gum up the works on that starting five, because I I think that we haven't talked about Mitch either. Jesus, uh, all right. I I think everybody knows what's going on with Mitch. He's got he just had a kid. <laughs> I think he just had a baby. He's. I understand how that feels. I don't mean mentally. Yeah. When he gets on the court. He's yeah. great. He's super, super ceiling. But he, he's got to stop following. He knows it. We got Noel. This is a pretty easy situation to figure out. Right. Yeah. He, he just, if he, if he, 
he plays smart, doesn't give up easy fouls. He's one of the top potential defensive players in the NBA. Like that's that's just straight up. Yeah, I think I th- I do think that I go. Uh, and this is based on what I've seen. I think I start Peyton out of the gate, and the hook is short. Um, I probably go. I go RJ. I go probably Burks. I, I did like what I saw with Burks. I think he's a good shooter. You gotta go Randall, and then you go Mitch, and that that. And but I think that that is a a very limited time. Uh, starting lineup. I think that might be the first week and a half of the season kind of thing. I do think that if Quickly can consistently play at that level of competency, I think he overtakes Peyton pretty fast and becomes the starting point guard of the Knicks. If that was a flash in the pan moment, and it doesn't feel like it is, like it, no, it didn't, it, it, didn't it, look feel, like it. it felt real. Like he was there, the confidence was there. So you, I think that he moves into the starting lineup. I think that. That becomes kind of the set starting lineup. I think later on in the season, depending on what if if quickly keeps unlocking Kevin Knox's ability to hit the outside shot like that, Kevin Knox had has definitely the athletic talent to overtake Alec Burks as a starting small forward. Um, if I if they somehow make a trade down the road with Julius Randle, like predicted, I think that. Toppin slides into that four and Knox becomes like the four three hybrid off the bench for a while and then maybe moves into the three spot. I don't know. That's what I would do. But yeah, I think I think as painful it is, and as much as I don't want to watch it, I think that Peyton probably is the starting point guard for the first week of the season. So I one hundred percent understand like why why he's why Tibbs has had him there, um. But after <laughs> the one game showing, and he played well the whole preseason. Every time, quickly got in. Why not? Like, why? What is the reason of not starting him? Is I mean, we're not we're not going to the playoffs. I, I don't I don't see the point of of not just just throwing him starting. into the fire, ready to go. Yeah, if you know mentally, I mean, you, he talks to him, and yeah, this is I, I'm not not in the locker room. I I'm not at practice. I am only going based on what I see. What I see that is quickly is the best point guard on the Knicks from just really teeny tiny sample size. But I I kind of want I want to keep the he may deserve to start. But I think I like the idea of really testing his fortitude a little bit if I'm Thibodeau and bringing him off the bench for a while against real, legit NBA players and and bringing him into it. You got time. He's a rookie. You got four years with him at least as long as you want, you know? I You got time, but I don't care who you are. The confidence with him, it's got to be high right now, right? Oh, yeah. That's all the... New York media is talking about. So, oh, I, I see would, what he does. Start young. Oh, and I test these guys out, and I, and I and Knox starting them, and Mitch and Julius and RJ and quickly. Would that's 
like let's do it but i uh i still uh like i understand why you would do it yeah i i just i want and that's probably what it'll what it'll be that makes more sense but as a drastic nick fan it's time to let's go baby oh yeah i, I mean i would love to see it i'd rather watch four quarters of uh quickly kind of like puking it up than than uh Alfred Payton playing at a mediocre high level you know like I'd, I'd much rather see that but I think from a developmental standpoint at where he is at I, I think I bring him along slowly but I think I'm finishing the game with with uh quickly that type of thing because I I think that Payton is just so limited even at his top you know what bothers me about this? So why not why not do it start Frank? Start Frank? Well Yeah, and then bring in quickly slow like that. I do like, like I do like I do, do like the Frank Barrett backcourt. Uh, I just he's been a little banged up the last couple games. I don't know if that was he said it was precautionary. Um and we've said it I, I think that it's time I think the Frank experiment at Point guard on a every uh, as a, with starter minutes. I don't know if that ship has sailed or not yet. I'm kind of on that board. Like like I think he's a specialist. Like, I think he's a role player. You know, and I think that you start bringing him into that role. If he's got a if he's got a spot going forward with this team, then you need to figure out what that role is. And I don't. I've never seen like the confidence. He's never shown the consistent level of comp, confidence that even quickly showed in four quarters at the point guard position. Like he like he's he's a roller coaster ride on the shooting. If he if if Frank got a consistent shot, he has good feel. And there's certain aspects of his game that are that are similar to the way Quickly was playing as far as like, you know, trying to probe the defense a little bit as a point guard, but they're just at totally different levels of of play like it was obvious so may i mean you can't i think that that position is a placeholder until quickly emerges and i think that you just i think i bring him slightly slowly because i want to see him against a real point guard and maybe that is against it against who's aaron holiday would probably start or brogdon for uh pacers yeah it'll be brogdon and and uh vic and then but Holl- neither one of us named who the actual starting point is it, guard is. It's Aaron Holiday, right? He's, well, I'm saying for the for Knicks? us. I said the yeah. over. Well, I said I, I no. It's no. I know who you named. Oh, and I forgot about him too. Is Austin Rivers? Well, he's still hurt. He's not gonna. He's he's out for the first game at least. And I think, yeah, but I think he ends up starting when he's ready. I gotta I gotta see him play. You know, like I need to see what he looks like with this team, and I think, and he's got the skill set. He's he's good. He's an NBA player. He's a journeyman guy that can light it up here and there, and plays a little bit of defense, can handle the ball. But he's not a bum. He's not a bum. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, he might be this. He might be a better point guard option than Peyton. I don't know. He's never has he ever been the the number one guy on a team. Uh, Maybe back with the early. I don't want to be wrong. He. I don't, I don't think he has. No. Only time he started is in uh, L.A. is when 
uh, Paul was out. Yeah, so we I don't know what he he's... may have started, but he might have started at shooting guard. Right. For them. Yeah, he's he's a he's definitely that combo type of guy. Yeah, we haven't talked about him at all because we haven't seen him. He looks he looks good in the uniform, and he gave that hell of a speech about other guys don't want to come here, and you know they're scared or whatever. I liked it. It was I loved it. Liked it, and then I kind of hoped to see him play, and then he got hurt. So <laughs> I, I got nothing on him. Um, He's got. Where I like, are we at on time right now? Uh, we're about to hit an hour. About to hit an hour. All right, let's do ten minutes. Ten more minutes. They, you think they can handle ten another minutes. ten minutes? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's my starting lineup coming out the gate. Um, do you think Dennis Smith has a place on this team? He he's really he really. I was a big as a Dennis Smith fan. I've, I've been rooting for him since day one. I really like Dennis Smith, but these four preseason games, I don't think that that once he's gone from the Knicks. He will become the dentist. I don't know what it is, but the blue and orange is not for him. It's it's not going to work out. I mean, he started that run against Cleveland the other night. Like five I steals. I don't know, man. I guess my expectations for him were way too high, but I've never seen an NBA player after a rookie year that he had. I mean, he, he looked like an up-and-coming superstar. Yeah, he looked good at times. What he is now is he just blows my mind. He had the uh, was it Space Jam? The Monstars came and stole everything from him. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's one hundred percent what happened. No, I there he he showed flashes of that in the in the preseason. He had some moments where he but he also man he's he doesn't. His confidence or his ability to lead a team looks it's just shot. The athleticism, that's what I don't, that's what I don't get, man. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Um there was moments he looked great, you know? Like he looked good. He hit some three pointers. That's pretty big from him. But I yeah, I don't yeah, know. His decision making is just it's gone. It's not even decision like like he was getting trapped. Like yep, coming over the timid and really timid, yeah. That know. that's the best way to describe it. It's like him and Frank share who has the balls or something. I don't know. Like here you go, buddy. You can have the balls today. I'm just gonna dribble in the corner over here. Like so, Frank had a Frank. I think Frank is settling into a specialist wing that can play on the ball position. I think that's his future. Yeah, but yep. And I think he looked more confident. He wasn't. He didn't get the stats the first two uh, preseason games, but he looked competent at whatever it was, whatever the hell he was doing. If he can ever get that three pointer down, he'll he'll have he'll have a place. Yeah, Dennis Smith. I don't know what the hell. Happened I think there. he will. I think he he'll, he'll be fine shooting the ball. His stroke is it's <laughs> nice. It's smooth. He's got good hip motion. Falling. Just. <laughs> It's not broke. It's not. Yeah. It's not Ben Simmons. Yeah, he, he can do something. He will have an. He will have a a three a a good three point percentage before he leaves the league. 
Oh yeah, I think I think so too. His, it's he's yeah, you're right. He he's his uh, his stroke is true. <laughs> Frank Milikina. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, that I'm I'm excited, man. Do you think we win uh, Wednesday night or tomorrow night? I guess. Yeah. Shit. You think we think we pull is it one out? Home? No, I think it's in Indiana. Do our fans help us? Oh no, there's no away, fans. So. There's no fans. I know. I know. <laughs> like, like, they might as well be playing at the Y. <laughs> you know, like. But there's, you know, it's so weird, man. They're still like doing all the like the cheerleaders are still doing their thing. Like, like they still have the the effects on the jumbotron. Like they're still shooting T-shirts into the empty stands. Like, all right, they might not be doing that. <laughs> but the kiss cam, yeah, just empty. I think they did do that somewhere. Like they did just now. They just they just put it on the sound check, guys. Yep. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, no, I think uh, I think we shock ah, the world man. tomorrow night, man. Well, I don't we think get the win, baby. Good this year. Well, they got real NBA players. I don't players. think they're a playoff team. I don't. I don't think they make the playoffs. I think a lot of it has to do with Oladipo. Like, what's he got? Who could be a future Nick? I don't know. <laughs> like the way they talk. I, I hope not. I just got to see what he looks like. You know, like. Twenty anything around thirty years old with with knee problems, I'm good. We've had enough with, of that on this roster. Yeah. That's it's not the type of player we need. That's not going to turn things around. All right, no Oladipo. Fine. <laughs> I'm just looking at I, other teams I, and seeing who we're going to pick off their what carcass we're. Gonna I say pick. quickly starts and we win. I would love that. I would love to be so wrong. I would love to watch a whole season with Quickly as our guy and Peyton's, you know, waving a towel. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, he might. I mean, he might not even play this year when Rivers comes back. Yeah. Well, you. The problem, and it really is. This is. I was. I think I was going to say this before. It really bothers me with Alfred Payton. When I saw the first couple games, they've had nine fucking months off. You're telling me in nine months, everyone knows the one thing you can't do as a player, Alfred Payton, is shoot. And no other time in your NBA career, probably not your college career either, did you have nine solid months where you weren't doing shit. <laughs> that you couldn't have gotten in the backyard... You know, like, you know, and fucking shot three-pointers until your fingers couldn't. Like, how how did you brick so hard coming out of, like, like I'm, it's really disappointing. You can tell that RJ Yeah, we're Beck, not shooting high. We're just, make three out of ten. Three out of that's ten. It. You get three out of ten, you're that's, something. I mean, that's what, he, he's, he's a 20, what, 27 20 to 29% career three-point shooter. And he shoots about I just know two. he's terrible at it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it bothered me. Like, if you gave me, and I, you know, if you gave me nine months and said, hey, this is your one major deficiency that's going to take you out from being a, whatever it is that you're thing, and nobody's going to bother you for nine months. You know, and nobody knew how long it was going to be, but what the hell was he doing? That's the most mm. correctable thing, like, you could do 
Like Shaq for decades, you know, for 20 years couldn't shoot a free throw. But he made up for it, you know. Like R.J. Barrett, I mean, small sample size, but he was shooting 86% from the line. He was Last year he was like, what, 50-something percent? That's yeah, I think his was more mental. Nerves. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was getting better as the season went on, but still, nine months. You take one that one little factor, hitting free throws for a guy that's going to get to the line a lot, and he made a drastic improvement. And it was obvious, like it was like, oh, I would like when RJ goes to the line. That's kind of nice. Instead of last year, it was like, fuck. Why couldn't he finish that one? <laughs> that's the only points we were getting on this drive. You know, like... <laughs> but Alfred had nine months, man. And the best you could do is that that straight line, rim out, bang it off the, like, corner of the, of the rim A shot. fucking fastball off the rim. Yeah, and he took, like, six of them in game two. There was, like, one stretch where the, the, the shot clock kept going down because they couldn't get a shot out. They couldn't get a pass because they don't have, didn't have any offensive players on the floor. And it ended up being back-to-back-to-back Alfred Payton three-pointers. And they were just awful. And I'm like, God, man, like, nine months. So I'm really I'm not. I'm to it. It's not even it numb. It blew my mind. Like, did, how do you go nine months what was he doing? He just can't shoot. He can't shoot? I guess. Apparently. You know shit? Like, he's like, I'm just not going to fuck with it. Like, it's just not going to happen. I'm, I'm 25. I can't, I can't get any better than that. Like, he's I'm not good. even an old guy. Like, I can make $5 million a year with taking nine months off and not changing my game any. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Like, he's, he has other... He has good things, but that shooting thing... And his like his 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 you know he gets the blinders on and he only looks to get an assist or whatever versus directing an offense because you can't when you can't shoot you don't change the way that you don't create any spacing you know like I want to root for Peyton I want him to be good but I don't know I think he's I think he's just a a placeholder again. <laughs> he's a backup point guard a, in the NBA. He's a backup point guard. He's a third stringer on a good yeah. team. On a good team. Like, he'd be a great third string guy. So, I really, like you said, Austin Rivers, I want to see what he's got, but he's, he's going to be a little bit. Yeah, if they if they start IQ, I'm cool with that. But I really think I would do Peyton and then be like, in Quickly's ear, like, you see what he did right there? Don't do that. like like, you know what i mean like are you seeing what i'm seeing i want you to tell me what he did wrong because i want to you know so yeah that's that's where i'm at with that uh what's your uh what's your uh how many wins do the knicks get this year oh fuck uh i know the season's shortened so you gotta 24 I was gonna say twenty five. That was mine. So, so we're both kind of in agreement where <laughs> what the reality is. Oh, we're still a lottery team. Yeah. We're still a lot. It don't matter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, nice. but we're not a lottery team now with nothing. No, we the cupboard is stocked. I think, like for yeah the for re- talent. Let's, the rebuild 
to me has officially it has officially began. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we have a lot of young I will guys. tell. We got a lot of young guys and all of them look like they're trending upward. Even as bad as Dennis Smith has been, I think he looked better than he did last year. Let me let me give you some like a way to get excited real quick. And it ain't for this year cuz we don't we don't know when it's going to happen. Picture this. Nick fans so say they can't come back. Say the NBA still doesn't do fans this year. So you're keeping Nick fans out of the garden for two years and their first game back is an alley from quickly to Obi Toppin doing some crazy ass dunk. Because can there's floor spacing. <laughs> can you imagine that place? Oh, it's gonna Shit, can you imagine the other blow night? Blow the top off of. Can you imagine the other night when it's gonna... Kevin Knox hit his fifth fucking three? I bought a Kevin Knox jersey. You really did? That night. I swear to God, you I'll send you the receipt. You did not you didn't buy a Kevin Knox jersey. Bullshit. On everything I love. <laughs> apparently I Kevin, Kevin Knox, Knox jersey. Apparently Kevin Knox is added Five to that list. Five minutes after that game. No way. How much was it, like eight bucks or something? Like where it was the cheapest <laughs> you got NBA a, jersey. Is it official? Does it got the Amazon. Squarespace thing on it and everything? It's it's the official, baby. No way. I've never even forty seen. bucks. You really bought a Kevin Knox jersey. I had to do it. Man. I had to do it. We found the guy. We found the one guy that bought a Kevin Knox. <laughs> does it have does it have Knox with the two on it or is it pre Knox two? I don't even. I I honestly didn't I want to say it does. Oh, okay. Well, right. I was so excited that we had a player. They hit five threes. <laughs> that hit more than two threes in a game. That's where we're at right now. We're. I was like, holy shit! I'm wearing this man's name on my back. <laughs> wow. You know that's like the death knell for like any players when we buy a jersey for them. Yep, like he's probably he's, gonna be traded. He's gonna get traded in a week. <laughs> throw in Kevin Knox when <laughs> you got yourself a deal. I figured that. I was like, who? Who? I've been wanting a, a new one this year. And I was like, I think who you got to get RJ, get? man. That's the only one to really get. That's the only secured, secured for a little for a year. Honestly, or two. at halftime, I looked for a quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a quickly? Do they have they made that yet? No, you got to get a custom one right now, and then just make it yourself. Oh, they'll have they, the quickly that, that shit was like a hundred and forty dollars. So nah, I was like, yeah. eh, then I was about to get an RJ, and then by the end of the game, it was Kevin, Kevin Knox, Knox <laughs> went slap the fuck off. Stock, it was like the stock level of Kevin Knox just went wing. <laughs> I swear that I was like, as in like Nick fans will understand this. <laughs> At the end of that game, I was like, holy shit. He's he's gonna be a superstar. Like he's figured it out. These these jerseys are gonna fly off the shelf. I'm getting it now while it's the cheapest Nick jersey you can buy. <laughs> You're investing. And then the next morning I woke up and I was like, holy shit! About a Kevin Knox nice jersey. <laughs> the Devin, it's the definition of a New York Knicks fan. 
Like a hundred percent. Complete delu- completely delusional. He might be the man. Kenny Payne. I mean Maybe. I, I've been the two people that shined the whole preseason besides RJ was quickly and Knox. And after the first day of practice, a reporter put Thibodeau on the spot and was like, who has really stood out? Any, any names? And that's who he, who he listed. The first day of training camp was quickly in Knox. He said they both look like – I, don't, I well, don't remember what he said. I just remember those those were the two guys that he well, brought up. It's Yeah, he's – it's kind of interesting reading these coaches and the other guy that I've been listening to a little bit to kind of go back and see what they said was John Calipari since we've got 50 fucking Kentucky players on our team now we're you know that's cool I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna start pulling uh you know like getting every player from a specific college team Kentucky's not a bad one to do so yeah I'm not mad it's not like we're, we're like getting everyone from like the Freaking uh, Alabama A and M or something like that, you know. We're, we're 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 Kentucky is a powerhouse, so UCLA, Kansas, you know, any of those guys would have been just fine. So is UCLA good anymore? I don't even remember. Nah, <laughs> they had Leangelo Ball and <laughs> he robbed, he stole some sunglasses. That's all I. Remember. Lonzo. Lonzo, yeah. yeah. Those ball, the balls ain't going to UCLA anymore. They're kind of done with the college thing. All right, so but Calipari, right? And I was like, okay, he's a he's an ex college coach. He's gonna blow up every player that sends out, but he actually throws some nuggets in there. I went back and, and listened to what he said about Knox. He said, "Be patient with Knox. You know, he's young. He's gonna take a while to develop, but you're gonna have a guy that can do some stuff for you. Basically, you know, if you're patient with him and you develop him right, he's gonna be good down the road." So maybe coming true he said with quickly he said you know like we're gonna have a guy that can that his shooting is translatable he's a great leader he can play on the ball he's his, he's gonna he's you are gonna be really happy with the way he plays he's gonna surprise a lot of people all that stuff right so i was like okay that sounds like some pretty generic shit that you can say about almost any player that you got so i looked at uh ashton Hagens, right you know their their actual point guard last year for Kentucky, and what he yeah. was saying with Cal what Calipari said about him, it basically was like he's a hard worker. He's you know he's gonna take some years to develop. You know like all that kind of stuff. He needs to shoot the ball better. You know he he it's all fluff, but it's it's very directed fluff. He's a salesman, and by nature yeah, he's promoting his brand. Right, but he is he's telling you the truth if you look for it. And he was what he was saying about I didn't listen to what he said about Maxi, but I did listen to Hagens because Hagens was the guy that started at point for them last year. Between the three of them, they had three point guards: Maxi, Quickly, and Hagens. Why was Hagens the guy that was starting? You know, and you know that kind of thing. So why? But why was he undrafted? Because he got he's actually playing with the T Wolves this year. So I you know it was interesting hearing. What Calipari saying? So Calipari is a good. If you can get through all the bluster, all the you know stuff, he's gonna heap praise on these guys. He was he's telling the truth about Knox. Be patient with him. In New York, it's hard to be patient. Be patient with him. He might be coming out of whatever shell he was in. 
You know, he might have put the Fortnite down, you know? Who knows? So, I, I'm excited. I'm pretty excited about this year. More so than I've been. I like, and I like, and I like where they're going. I like Leon Roach. Roach. Um, he hasn't put every move, every move that they've made. I've agreed with for the most part. I think the only one that seemed a little off was the Alfred Payton re-signing, but I understand they didn't really have a a real NBA level point guard if you take him out of the picture that's been proven. Other than that, I think that Right, unless you want to crazily like just overpay. And I'm I'd rather they get bring an EP than give 10 million to or 18 million to what's the short guy that went to Milwaukee from Orlando? Uh Augustine? I'm going to bring for DJ Augustine? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we could have got him. Maybe, I don't know. plus year old DJ Augustine? That ain't, the, like, I'm so happy they didn't do something stupid. Yeah, and you were not going to be able to get him for one year either. You're going to no. have to. You're and you would have had to overpay like crazy. Right. And he, he wants a chance. He's a guy that's been in the league a while. He's going to want a championship. He's probably, you're going to have to overpay even more plus years for a guy like that. So it's not it worth goes, it. Yeah, that goes for any. Uh, starting caliber point guard that was a free agent this offseason. So next year? You were going to have to overpay but to there, get him. If you look at, it was slim pickings. If you look at the list, not, there wasn't that many. There was Teague. No, that's, yeah, August that's why Rondo went from getting a fucking 10-day contract to signing a, a three-year $10 million a year. Yeah. He was just on a 10-day contract last year. No one wanted him. He couldn't even find a job. You get that ch- another championship. He'll play really well. He's a good playoff player. <laughs> he plays it on the line then. So. Yeah, next to LeBron, fucking Matthew Deladova was a good playoff player. <laughs> he got paid too, baby. Got paid. <laughs> he got paid. LeBron has been getting bums paid for a long time. For a long time, dude. Do you think LeBron uh, plays with Bronny one year? 100%. I think that that's why he structured his contract to uh, be done the same year that uh, Bronny is uh, drafted. And he's going to sign the minimum for wherever wherever Bronny gets picked up. He's going to help him come up his first year. Like... uh, Show him, he's gonna show him the ropes. Who better to show you your your career than one, maybe one of the well either Michael Jordan or him. I'm not getting into that. Yeah, but not yet. We'll bring Chris on. Arguably argue. the best player in NBA history. Your dad to show you the ropes your rookie year. Question number two: If you're Bronny, okay, I guess mm-hmm. he'll be like what nineteen years old, millionaire. You know, mm-hmm. at, on a play, player on a team, and you think about yourself at nineteen. Do you want your dad on your team? <laughs> if it's LeBron James, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about think nineteen year old Bronson. Do you want you want dad on your team? <laughs> Big curve. Big curve. Like. I don't know, man. He was pretty elite. No, no, no. I'm not talking about how... Like, everyone knows how good uh, LeBron is. I'm talking about the 19-year-old <laughs> Bronny James, fresh millionaire. I mean, he's always been a millionaire his whole life, so he, for the most part. But 
his own money millionaire in a big city, probably not where he's grown up in. Nightlife, COVID's probably be hopefully gone by then. Nightlife is back, celebrities, all that stuff. Do you want your 40 year old dad <laughs> with you? <laughs> like, so I'm trying to think. I've actually, I've actually looked at what kind of, because I was curious, like, he's, LeBron's gone all the time. So, so, so he has, they might spend a whole month out, out of the year around each other. Yeah. All right. So you're saying that's a good bonding time? You're looking at that angle? I think so, yeah, man. I'm, I mean, I th- I guess it depends on what kind of kid Bronny is. Because if he's the party animal, if he's like been in, you know, been in this bubble, this LeBron James bubble for his entire life. Because LeBron James is a pretty squeaky clean guy. I don't know what he really LeBron does. LeBron has been in a bubble since he was 15. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It might, so, run, in it might run, it might in run in the family. It might run in the family. But, but he, but Bronny... And this has nothing to do with the Knicks, unless the Knicks end up drafting him. Can you imagine the Bronny in New York City? <laughs> like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take. I'll take. Especially if LeBron comes with him. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Like, Dad, I'm trying to bang this hooker. <laughs> Why you gotta be in my room? <laughs> like, he talk, probably already talk does. About, talk about game film. Like, <laughs> so out of his kids, though. Yeah. They have. Uh, I don't know that much about the rest of the family. I just know very they, different. Theirs is more of. Yeah, they're they're more of like like boys. Is that, at least that's what's perceived. Boys to the public. Like him yeah, and his, he had like they're Bronny like, when he was pretty young. Yeah, I know. I know. Like he was like right out of high school when he had him, right? Yeah, like in high school is when he knocked his wife up. Oh, okay. But they weren't married. He, he actually married her a little bit later down the road. Yeah, wait. Like after all the kids. Yeah, this this is what this is what the people tune in for is this information on <laughs> LeBron James and his wife. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah. I I don't know. I don't. You said that the, him and his son are more just like friends. I can see that. Like. Yeah, like it's a it's a weird relationship. So when it comes to it, yeah, if I'm Bronny. As a rookie, the expectations that people will have, and, and then it's going to bring that down. It's going to help cope with that, especially in a place like New York. Yeah, I'd probably want LeBron. Okay. With me. I, you know, I'm just looking at it like as the, uh, the rebellious teen, I guess. Like, <laughs> I think me, I think 19 year old Bronson and 19 year old Bronny, <laughs> <laughs> two different people. <laughs> Pretty far off. Because if 19-year-old Bronny is anything like 19-year-old Bronson, uh, he might as well quit dribbling a basketball now. Gotcha. Yeah, he, I guess he, he's pretty focused in uh, doing all the right things. Well. <laughs> not saying that you're not, but... I mean, we just did. We both just got out of prison, so like, what do you know? <laughs> Are you ready to put a fork in this thing? We, yeah, man. I'm, did you say we're gonna I'm win? Happy we're back. We are back. Yeah, we're gonna win. We're gonna, we're win, gonna win. Wednesday quickly night. Starts. Quickly starts. Yep. I think Alfred starts. There's a quick hook. Nick fans go fucking nuts on the message boards. If 
I think it's going to be, like I said, Peyton, Barrett, Burks, Randall. I think Mitch are in the starting spot after that last game. But other than that, I think that's what we're going with. But he, I'm not mad either way. I'm fine. I think quickly. I think quickly is definitely going to get some burn. How about that? So, oh. All right. All right. Well, that's the. It's our first show. We were going to do 30 minutes. We went 80. Um, whoop, whoop. <laughs> you get 80 minutes of us. You missed. Did you miss us? I missed us. So we'll be back regularly every week. You know, you can probably set it a dial on Friday night. It'll be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to try to All be. All right, y'all. I got to go to work. Oh, yeah. You get back to work. You're at work. Hope your boss <laughs> ain't listening. I just got off. If he sits through <laughs> 80 minutes of this horse shit, I deserve to get in every bit of trouble that I would get in. All right. Well, and I'll let him know. <laughs> All right, let's do our sign off. If you wanna, yeah, just, just listen to our shit. We'll be back. We'll, we'll be back inside of two years. <laughs> Serenity now, baby. Serenity. Serenity. All right. Yeah.